Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Movie Madness. It's not HBO, it's Movie Madness. I'm your host, Henry Thompson. With me today, as always, is my brother, Wayne Thompson. Wayne, say for me, we are The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah, because you're a zombie God. guy, so you know. Yeah, but I fucking hate that. I know, but it's a TV episode. We are The Walking Dead. There you go. Hey, there he goes. He did it anyway, even though he didn't want <sighs> to. <laughs> we also have another Wade on staff today, which is Wade Madden. Wade, say for me, look out, Lucille! Look out, Lucille! <laughs> for the four people that get the reference. <laughs> and of course, we've got Daniel Millick in the beautiful town of Daniel Millick. And Daniel, for me, say pivot! 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 I love how nearly everyone got every reference. That's great. <laughs> if you couldn't guess, everybody from the HBO reference and those quotes that we we're talking today about movie, uh, sorry, TV shows. Yes. <laughs> Movies on the Movie Madness show. What a shock. Yeah, TV shows. Basically, short form and long form movies are now TV. We're in the platinum age of TV, basically. Um, so I thought it'd be good. We, you know, we, we don't talk about it a little bit. Um, Someone asked me the other day, why do I consider this the platinum age of television? And I argue that there's more consistently good entertainment on television than there is movies coming out that are satisfactory. Yeah, we had our Marvel run, and that was great. And outside of Marvel movies, how many good action movies can you even think of or good comedies the you, last five years? You could technically say that Marvel films are a TV show these days, though, because they do. Well, just because they are, yeah, well, they're a franchise. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. But even still, I mean, you would you would not watch a show if it took 10 years to get 20 episodes. Depends how good it is. <laughs> well, Doctor Who fans would probably disagree with me because they've yeah, only had, true. what, like 25 episodes over 20 years or something? Yeah, but like I said, it depends how good it is, that shit. Ouch! I mean, I don't disagree, but that's, <laughs> that's obviously a debate for it. Do we have any Doctor... Are you a Doctor Who fan, Madden? Uh, to an extent. I mean, David Tennant's run of Doctor Who I was a big fan of. Um, and the gentleman after, Matt Smith. Uh, not so much... Um, the current doctor, and I forget her name, but mm. uh, certainly, uh, yeah, I was I was a fan of certainly the David Tennant doctor. I will still go back and watch episodes from his era. Absolutely. Here's Hence his photo of himself with the TARDIS as the cover. Oh, is oh. that Doctor Who? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know that the, the only, the, the the police only good thing that ever came out of Doctor Who for me personally was the Daleks. Yeah, I find them really overrated. They're just basically back in what, the day, they kill were bots, brilliant. but they're shit. Yeah, back in the day, they were brilliant, though. I mean, when you think. They kind of climb stairs, though. <laughs> they, they, they float <laughs> up in these days. Why did they float up the stairs? It was they actually, do. They did yeah. it in one of the 80s ones. Damn actually. it, someone upgraded them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did it in the 80s one because that, that's what I remember watching an episode back in the 80s because I, I used to like Doctor Who back in the 80s. Well, I didn't like it, but I was a kid. Um, and the doctor said, ah, it's all right. They kind of got the stairs now. So they started floating. He's like, ah, right. So, okay, man, being you're the only guy in here who's a Doctor Who fan, tell me this. You like the David Tennant series. How long was David Tennant the doctor? How many years? Um, 
Oh, I, I, do you know what? I don't even know offhand. I'm he, did say three, about, he did about three or four seasons, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I was going to say about he did. He was, um, so Rose Tyler was the assistant. Christopher Eccleston was the doctor and that, that was the remake. So the show had this massive resurgence after about a decade off television. They tried to do a film with Paul McGann in the mid-90s. They tried to get it into America. That failed. So Doctor Who sort of died a death at that point. And then it came back with Christopher Eccleston and Billy Tyler was the assistant. Christopher Eccleston didn't really like it. He felt he was being typecast. So that's when they brought in Tennant. And right. he was with Billy Piper for a season. And then I believe he was with Martha Jones for a season. That's when John Barrowman came on board. And then he did the third season with Catherine Tate. And he did a couple of specials after Captain Tate went out of it. Yeah, there was three um, seasons of content. Uh, yeah, so three seasons and, and obviously the obligatory Christmas specials. He did come back for the day of the Doctor that Ian Hurt and David Tennant and Matt Smith did together. So yeah, about three, four years of production run of about three, four years. Okay. Cool. Such a mediocre show, wow. Yeah. <laughs> now here's what I find funny is I was just uh so what was he the am I right? He's the tenth doctor. I or, believe yes, I believe he was the tenth yeah, doctor. Yeah. Tenth doctor. Yeah. Okay, so you loved him. He did the show for five years, and in that five years he was in thirty-nine episodes. Yes. So about a season and a half of an American TV show. And do, but do you want to know funny, what's even... oh, One second, one second. Okay. I'm just looking on, on the Wikipedia about Doctor Who. And back in the day, back when they started in the 60s, they were doing like 40 episodes a season. Yeah. yeah. So why is it that the BBC decides now that every show's got to be culled to like as minimum fucking <clears throat> possibilities? Well, well, it is. It is, as Wayne Thompson has so eloquently said, it is exactly money. There was a season that they did with Matt Smith and there is an episode that they filmed in Utah, and it was a big deal at the time that they were filming in the States among Doctor Who fans. It was a major deal. And they did this episode in Utah, and the season had to be split between two financial years because the BBC could not afford to film the rest of the season within the same financial year. So they had to put six episodes out in one financial year and wait another seven, eight months to put another six episodes out. Um, and again, crazy when yeah, the BBC yeah. makes so much fucking money. But it's interesting because you made an amazingly good point on a show that we recorded recently, a movie madness episode. Okay, and I forget wow. why we were talking about it, but it's very relevant <laughs> today. Okay. And it's something I've been thinking about since you said it. And what you said was, and it's very, very true, the BBC have failed to make anything. They've forgotten how to make things since about 1982, 83. And you're 100% right, because the classic BBC comedy formula, it was as if one day they just went, we've nailed it. We don't ever need to make anything original again. Yeah. And funnily enough, the most the most exciting things I've seen BBC wise for a while now has always been BBC America stuff, which is basically outsourcing British yes. stuff to American crews. And even then, they don't last. I mean, Dirk Gently came out 
a mixture of AMC and uh, BBC America. And that was fucking amazing with Samuel Bennett and Elijah Wood. Yes. Crapped after two seasons. You know what I mean? Because they just don't want to spend money anywhere. That's if, the thing. You know? If they got, if they got another company to maybe co-produce, they would do it. But when they don't, it's too much money for them. Even though they make billions of our fucking TV license, which we don't even need, you know, but... I read an article says that on advertising alone on the BBC app outside the country, because obviously BBC app can be viewed anywhere in the world and you get commercials if you're outside the UK. I didn't know that. We don't (laughs) get commercials here because we have TV licensing, but outside of this country, you get commercials to pay for the license and off those commercials, they make 900 million a year. Mm hmm. I had absolutely no idea that that was the case. And you do, you get ads on iPlayer now, but they're always just ads for another show on iPlayer that you should watch. But I actually, that makes so much sense. Like RTE Player from Ireland is available very sparsely outside Ireland. So you can access it, but you can only get original RTE based content. And a lot of it, even saying that, is restricted. So there's no way of me paying unless I have a VPN or a proxy or something. There's no way of me actually getting a lot of Irish programming. But But then I'm thinking someone living outside the UK who can access BBC iPlayer quite freely, but they have to watch ads like you would on all four or something. And when you think about it, like Hanks just said, how much they're making outside of UK, then why are they still charging us how much must they be making off our TV licenses for them not to turn to ads? Because ads is clearly a big money thing. ITV know that. Everybody else knows that. How much must the BBC must be making off our TV licenses? That's what. That's what I question. Presumably, presumably they're making a fortune because they do must you know be. that otherwise they've well, got adverts, wouldn't they? Well, you know that you know that all four at the moment. Um, they have a service where you can pay them to remove the adverts. So the idea is that you pay a premium and you don't see any adverts on all four for, you know, your month, basically. But that's how they're basically, like Spotify. Spotify, when it launched, it was always full of adverts. Yeah, that's right. And then you you just pay pay for £10 a month or something, it's free. Free adverts. And then they just, they took away the need for advertising. Just so you know, the BBC receives from TV licensing 3.7 billion pounds there a year. There you go. There you go. Good God. It's it's, yep. it's crazy. And yet, and yet, how many people are those who are paying it actually watch BBC? And how often do they watch BBC? Yep. Once a year, if that. If that. For something yeah. special. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it's Apparently, by the way. Yeah. The BBC spend in their budget off the TV licensing... 1.1 billion pounds per year on original content for BBC One. I'd like to know how they spend that much that's, money. That's called the news. Yeah. And then BBC <laughs> Two gets 300 million. The news and the and weather. The re- that's where all the money goes. The rest of the one point, and that's the full 1.7 billion they spend on TV output per yeah. year, apparently. So, yeah. Listen, if the money if the money goes on the news and the weather, I don't this I don't disbelieve you. I'm a journalist. May I have a job? BBC, please now. Well, no, no, the money doesn't go to the journalists, dude. What what you're missing the point is they say it goes to the news stuff, so the news stuff, so the news and the weather, they part of the rest. Uh, yeah, but they're saying they're saying here that also they spend four hundred million a year on 
uh, BBC Radio. Which again it seems actually un- untenable to me. It's yeah, because haven't they got like BBC Radio One through Seven or some yeah, shit like some that? that? Yeah, they got so a lot of doing, radio stations. So all they're doing is paying the freaking DJs. That's all they're doing in themselves again. Why do you need that many radio stations? Going yeah, back we to live Doctor in the age Who, of satellite radio. Yeah. Going back to Doctor Who. Here's a question yes. for you all. Even though there's only Wayne who really likes it, who's your favorite Doctor? Everybody, if you had to choose, I'm gonna go real quick with Matt Smith. Because I love that he looks like an art man caricature of a human being. Right. <laughs> he his face is not human shaped. It's like Marv from fucking Sin City. And I don't know how he ever got a career. <laughs> Danielle? Pass. If you had to pick one, just pick one. Okay. Just because I like that he's an actually awesome actor, David Tennant. David Tennant, right. Okay. Win. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with David Tennant, although I would like to give a shout out to Sylvester McCoy, who I met in person, who's the only doctor I've ever... He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely... We've interviewed Sylvestre McCoy, to the he's, earth. he's yes. really, yeah. really nice guy. For me, I'm going to go way back when to Tom Baker. Oh, nice. Oh. To me, Tom Baker defined the way the doctor is now. To me, he also defined uh, Little Britain and that episode of Blackadder 2 he was in. <laughs> I wouldn't know because I've never seen him. But yeah, just it was just his characteristics. He, you know, all the other doctors were really serious to a degree. He came in and, you know, he was obsessed with eating jelly babies and he just want, you know, he was just sort of like dry and soft. And this is the humor about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good, you'd think, because a character like the Doctor should have a sense of humor. I mean, how serious can you take it when he's basically a fucking worm? You know, he's got multiple hearts and he re re energizes into new characters. But then he got beings. too he's silly. Basically you a see. Fucking, yeah. He got too silly. I mean, Sylvester McCoy was good, but then they they started making his stories stupid, which uh, made Sylvester McCoy look bad to a degree. Mm. And I don't blame the actors, I blame the writing. I thought the writing was terrible in the 80s, which is why Doctor disappeared for a while. I must admit, you know, I don't like talking about a subject I don't know in great detail. And Doctor Who, I've probably seen six episodes of my entire life. And I saw two or three that were black and whites back in the day to try and try them out. And then I saw a couple of the modern ones and... It just really never interested me at all. I couldn't help but think that this is just like Star Wars in the sense of this is a show made for five-year-olds. And for some reason, some adults still be like, yeah, awesome. You know, like I hear all the people going on and on and on about the Mandalorian and I'll have to check it out because I hear it's really good, but I'm not seeing it yet. And I can't help but thinking, is it just going to be more shit for kids? Because that's Uh, all Star Wars is. You do know they're doing a spinoff now, don't you? They're, uh, doing, they're doing like 13 spinoffs. They're no, doing is a major oh. spinoff from The Mandalorian. Yeah, 13 spinoffs of The Mandalorian. That's what I'm saying. They just announced yeah. it on the Disney up, up No, front. will you let me finish? Based <laughs> on the last episode, they've actually advertised officially one major spinoff. Right. I'm phenomenally, phenomenally excited about the fact that they're going to be taking you, McGregor, back to do a Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi TV series. Well, then, I've waited a long time for that. I really want to see that happen. Are you, so. are you guys bothered about spoilers or not? This is a but, show where we love giving spoilers. Right, so the spoilers are the the new show based on the ending is the new Boba Fett show. 
Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We, okay. Oh yeah, that was announced. The guest star in the last episode of The Mandalorian was actually. Uh, it's got to have been face apt. It must have been because it, it was Luke Skywalker, but it was based on Return of the Jedi's Luke Skywalker. Amazing. Yeah, I heard that they got um, him back to play the role, yes, and then they just de-aged him like they did Sam exactly. Jackson. And um, yeah. you know, that's well, an interesting you- thing that they're doing. That now it's all, all the way down to TV. This just goes to show the whole point of why I wanted to do a TV episode is ten years ago, TV shows, even ten years ago. They were never given the level of prestige that a movie would have. Exactly. They would never have the same level of budget mm. or anything. But I think the one that broke it out that box was Netflix with things like House of Cards, getting a getting a creator like David Fincher on board. Yes. It felt like a movie every every episode. And now these shows are getting, I mean, even if you go back 20 years and you look at something like 24 with Keeper Sutherland, it was a great show, action-packed, full of special effects, big budget. Still felt more like a TV show than a movie because the, there was just some element that was missing where you know, like those effects aren't quite good enough, or they didn't spend enough money on this set and things like that. That's gone now, man. Movies and TV shows blend together. The only difference is how long they're on the screen. I think, um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think one of the benchmarks for me. Um, I was never a fan of it, but I was very, very aware of the phenomenon that it was, was actually further back from Netflix, but it's very much still interacted with Netflix, his friends. And Mm. that was, as as far as I was concerned, that was a benchmark of television in terms of what that was able to do. Oh, And not only that as well, but I remember it being one of the first, if not the first series where actors were paid a million per episode. Yes. A yeah, million absolutely. dollars per episode. That was just unprecedented at the time. That was, that was movie star wages. Yes. And all oh, of a absolutely. sudden you've got these, you know, these six people who can earn 12 million in one season. Not only that as well, you're right there, Daniel, and as well, if you remember back in the, like before pre mid nineties, a lot of actors were reluctant to do TV shows because mm-hmm. they were worried about becoming typecast in just TV acting. Where now it's a big thing for them to be like, like Kiva Sutherland 24. He was a film yeah. star, become a TV actor, then become a film star again. Back then, if hey, you were yeah, a TV that probably star, made his career twice as more popular. Exactly. It was hard to break into films once you were well known because, oh, well, that's such and such from. I don't know. That, like you say, from friends, oh, that, that's such a from friends. What's she doing in the film? That's not right. Well, yeah. now, now it's like, oh, wow. So they can actually do that as well as that. Wow. There was a uh, change. Everything's changed around. I, I agree with you, Wayne. And, and, and there was a sense of like an order to things. So people like Steve McQueen or mm-hmm. people like John Wayne would never be in like a TV Jim- show, would they? Oh, that's it. People like Jimmy Stewart, they started with big parts television. But then once they'd gone to movie, once they'd made that calling, you would never find them in a TV show. It would be exceptionally rare. There'd have to be a good reason. One for of it. the biggest ones I first ever saw of that was actually George Peppard. Yes. When George Petwad went from movies to do the eating. Yes. Mm. And that was the first real time I'd ever seen anything like that. But there's not many I can really call out like that until after mid-90s. Well, one thing one thing I always remember that Friends had, and I suppose one thing it still does, but I went back, and I mean, 
I, you know, I will go randomly every once in a while, even though, you know, I say I'm not a fan of friends, but there will be episodes that I'll remember with fondness for one reason or another. I went back and watched one of the Bruce Willis episodes the other day. And the reason I did it is because you, you kind of think, I mean, obviously there's Bruce Willis, a guy who started off in a TV show with mm-hmm. Sybil Shepherd and whatnot, yep. elevated to movies. And that was his career but very much then came back to TV series and did bits and pieces here and there. Now, Friends broke down so, that culture. I was yeah. just going to say, you've hit, you've hit an interesting one now with Bruce Willis, because I actually remember when Bruce Willis first did Die Hard, which was his first major breakthrough in the films. And yes. there was a lot of controversy at the time thinking... There was, because he was a TV such, actor. How did such a wisecracking comedian TV actor become an actor like this and serious? And, but he pulled it off and... He was brilliant. Which if you didn't know Danielle, because I know you're a bit young, you might have never seen. He was on a TV show before he got into films called Moonlighting for several years. Yeah, because yeah. there was a whole will they, won't they thing between yeah, him and Shepard. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I know of it. I've never seen it, but I know of it. Yep. It led to uh it led to Mr. Willis uh producing and releasing several albums. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruno, he was called Bruno, wasn't he? The Bruno, Bruno the kid. Wasn't. Yep. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But then famous for on the boardwalk. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And and I can remember, like I can remember uh, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal had a cameo in Friends. And it was only for about five, six minutes at the start of an episode. But when Robin Williams died, I went and had to look up and was like, what episode did I see him on? Um, And found it through Netflix and, and all that. Uh, Tom Selleck is another example. He was involved in the show for a long time. He was um, Monica's uh, boyfriend. And Says they were- the not friends fan. Can I just say and clarify everybody? <laughs> yeah, I'm not no, a friends right. fan. You know a lot about friends for the guys on a fan. Guest star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you I see, this is this is this is the thing. But you see, this is the thing though, because the show <laughs> itself becomes so ingrained into your life in a sense that you end up knowing stuff that you really shouldn't. However, Tom Selleck did smaller start out as a TV actor. Yes. Yes. Then became a film actor, then a TV actor. Friends. Sorry, I was just going to say, Friends was such a huge cultural phenomenon that by the time it ended, I was just reading about it here, it was watched by over 70 million people worldwide, including they had parties in New York City and London yeah. and various other places where they would watch it live on a screen as a giant audience yeah. just so they could all celebrate so together at the end of the show. See, I wasn't one of those 70 million. <laughs> I had my own little tea party with me and my brother for the final episode. <laughs> and we did that thing where you get a blanket and you pull the toaster in from the kitchen and the kettle so you can have crumpets and tea and shit. A very British thing, yeah. <laughs> When I but think that's about what we this, did. when I think about it, I should have celebrated the finish of it because I was so fucking pleased to see the back of it. I like how Wade acts like a show actually hurts him yeah. by existing. I, I just you know, got sick of people going on about how this. How dare those, they have comedy and good writing and good Whoa. characters? How fucking dare they? Hang on. Since when was it a comedy? It was always a comedy. <laughs> really? I thought it was like a, like a drama thing. Clearly has never seen an episode of Friends. No, it's a comedy. Fuck. I think he's making fun of it. I am, actually. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is, um, talking about the way swings and roundabouts of TV, um, 
and how you know that TV has you know excelled basically and become such a, a cultural shift. Netflix had Friends on it. Netflix has obviously billions of users, and Friends was up for renewal. And Netflix didn't want to pay as much money as they were asking for, so HBO Max bought it to exclusively stream it on HBO Max in America. They paid seven hundred and fifty million dollars to rerun the 10 seasons of the show. And Netflix apparently lost 5 million users when Friends left it. 5 million people who probably already owned the fucking box set anyway, right? I mean, don't, if you love a show and you own it on like DVD or Blu-ray or something, but yeah, they 5 million users left the platform because they couldn't watch Friends on it anymore. And I remember back when Star Wars got bought by um, Disney, they paid only a fraction more than these guys paid to run Friends for like two years. They don't even own it forever. They just run it for a couple of years. That's fucking amazing to me, the value of an old TV show now in the streaming world. I think I think what it also says is that it makes a very salient point about mental health and anxiety in today's age. So a lot of people will go back and they will watch shows and films that they've seen a thousand times before because there's a comfort about it. I was and just going to say, I don't even think that's mental yeah. health. That's such, I think, and it's just a comfort. That is just I, a, I, I, it's yeah, a, it's a comfort, comfort, comfort for the average person. But if you have depression or anxiety, oh, no, no, it's like that. that really yes. hits you home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. I, I'm yeah. saying I get that, I do. But I think in general, it's just a creature coming for everybody. But I, I think it's interesting because when you say about those five million people gravitating toward Tulu, in one sense, you're 100% right. If you love this series so much, why don't you have the box set? Why don't you have the physical product? But at the same time, many people now consider their Netflix or their Hulu account to be their bookshelf, to be their collection. Yeah. And so there's a comfort of knowing that, well, I may never watch it again, but it's always there. I can go and access it at any time I want. And um, it's amazing how all that comes down to digital as opposed to, as you say, this idea. I mean, you know, if, if I share with your listeners very briefly, and not to embarrass you, Henry, but the first time that we ever met that you brought me to your house, I was looking at your collection of like DVDs and Blu-rays. And mm -hmm. to this day, I'm still astonished. I go around, in, you know, childish awe and I'm sort of like, oh, my God, why don't I have all this stuff? And I'm always, you know, look at the amount of Blu-rays and films and, you know, the media collection that he has. At the same time, though, that's almost like nowadays you're getting kids 15, 16, 17, 18 going, why, why would I need all of that? That's a waste of my time. I just have a Netflix and a Spotify account. I don't need a record collection. I, yeah. I you know, because your collection represents more than just the acquisition of wealth. It represents memories and time and, you know, the stories associated with why do you have this DVD? Where did you get that? What's the story behind this? Well, the thing um, is, just yeah. real quick as well, it's nowadays, this is another reason why we wanted to do Movie Madness as a show in the first place was to kind of mention things that are not everywhere you know what i mean to tell people there's a lot of things i've got lost in the mire haven't they basically yeah and there's a string of movies and tv shows and 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 music albums and everything that people just don't know about anymore and who are they going to find them out from if not from people like us or a close personal friend because when i was a kid me and my friends would discuss things we'd like and introduce one another to it to it now 
Whereas nowadays, most people, if your friend is introducing you to something, it probably already is something you could see on Netflix or Amazon Prime or mm -hmm. whatever streaming show you're watching because they're doing the same thing. Well, we have a more of an older man collective taste. And there was a so passion nice of hunting for things. it, wasn't it? There was, there there was, was there, a major passion. There was that, I need to find this in the video shop. I need to go through all these millions of videos to find the right one. There Some was, of my DVDs are so rare. It's I may as well went to the fucking jungle and hunted yeah. them down with a spear. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas on Netflix, you'll never see them because they're just no one gives a shit. Like, here's a good example, actually, talking about friends. News Radio, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Great sitcom from the from the mid 90s. News radio with Dave Foley and you know Phil Hartman, uh, Joe Rogan, Andy Dick, fantastic show. That came out the first season at the same time as the first season of Friends, and the cast of Friends actually went to the set and were so blown away by the level of talent on display. They said, "Well, our show is going to fucking suck. Our show is going to be." They they were so convinced that their show was going to get canceled after one or two seasons, and and news radio would be the big thing. That they were just like hedging their bets on it But sure enough, it went the exact opposite way News radio got forgotten about Almost immediately disappeared into nothingness And is now a cult classic But you'll never catch it on Netflix or something Because who the fuck, what draw is that? Some random show that's got maybe A couple of hundred thousand Very dedicated fans around the world And everyone else doesn't even know it exists That's not a draw The draw is the shit that everyone already knows about Like Seinfeld, Frasier and you know, isn't that a sad Nash. way to look at it though? It is like it is a crazy sad way. Things into the light, it's what is already in the light that we can take that makes us a profit. But this That's is why we have so many sequels, this is why we have so many yeah. remakes, this is why we have yeah. so many, you know, people who know what they're gonna make the money from, they're frightened to try something new. Yeah, I'll tell you, just today I was on Facebook flicking through and I saw a link from someone going, Wow, 2021 is gonna be fucking amazing for horror. So I thought, oh, okay, let's have a look. And it was All a string remakes. of posters. Dude, there was an I Know What You Did Last Summer by Amazon Prime. There was another Scream movie. There was another remake of Exorcist. There was another remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then obviously the, the sequel to, to Halloween, Halloween Kills. Um, and there was like five movies or ten movies, which are either direct sequels, remakes, or retellings. Which and I'm like, sad. fuck, this just goes to show how horror is like, there's only the five fucking horrors now and they just get retold. How many Texas Chancellor Massacres do you actually need? 74. But on that subject, Apparently. There is something exciting coming up in the realm of horror that's being made into a TV show. There is. There is actually. It's true. Yes. What you haven't heard, Wayne? I don't know until you tell us. Right, I can't remember who's directing it. And Noah who's, Hawley. Noah Hawley. It's um, Alien TV ah, show. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. If you said sci-fi, might have improved on straight away, but yeah, I get you. That's, that's going to be amazing. I, I mean, I hope it's amazing. Well, I got full I, faith in Noah Hawley because I, I, I'm just going to say real quick, I don't know if anyone's watched it, but the TV show Fargo has ran yeah. for four seasons now and is one of the single best TV shows I've ever seen, ever. It is, every season is an unbelievable display of talent. And it's just mesmerizing. Every season is as good as that original movie in a completely different fucking way. Well, and fun. the cast they bring in, I'm just going to say real quick, wait, the cast they bring in, Billy Bob Thornton, Colin Hanks, Martin Freeman, uh, Kirsten Dunst, fucking Patrick Wilson, Chris Rock, 
uh, Ted Danson, David Duellis, Bob Odenkirk, just just tons of big fucking names. Even McGregor was unbelievable in season three. Like, I never thought he was that good of an actor. I saw him in Fargo. I went, holy shit, this guy is insanely talented. You said the same about Nick Offerman as well. Oh, yeah, Nick Offerman. I don't rate much. He was from like Parks and Rec. He's a comedian. I think he's okay. Nothing special. He was on season two, uh, Fargo. Blew me the fuck away with how good he was. And that's a t- that's the sign of a good director. Because I, I think a lot of times you get an actor who's okay, but you get him with the right director and they fucking blow your mind. Like, what? I don't think Ben Affleck's a good direct, uh, good actor, but look at him in God Girl from David Fincher. He does a phenomenal yes. performance. Yes, absolutely. But it's like, it's like Fargo is a prime example of what I was going to bring up next about TV and just how, you like you say, how far it's come on. You know, you look at the, the, the amount of films that are now TV shows. Oh, yeah. Because they can make the stories even stronger, things like, you know. Well, it's a, the there's, no, there's less there's limitation. From, there's From Dust to Dawn. There's, you know, the it, it started in the mid-90s with things like Buffy and... Um, Yes, the crew and stuff like that, but it got bigger and bigger to now where you've got Westworld, you've got, you know, all these big, big one-time films, now even bigger, bigger TV shows. Well, you've just mentioned um, Alien. Were you aware, though, that as well as obviously the Noah Hawley um, and Sir Ridley teaming up for that series on FX and obviously on Hulu and all that kind of stuff, um, there is claims that there are two others in development, two other separate alien TV shows in the works that Disney are actually licensing three at the moment because Disney are in the control. Disney now control the rights for the Xenomorph, who'd have thought. But um, basically one of them is rumoured to talk about Sigourney Weaver wanting a return to focus on a young Ripley and having Sigourney involved in some way. And James Cameron has apparently also held talks about getting involved in the franchise again, because I don't know whether he got the book from going back for Terminator and thought, hang on, I could do Aliens again. But it's like three separate Alien franchises um, being developed. And then- Well, it's it's funny. We were just talking on another episode about franchises. Me and and Wayne speculated how great it would be if you had another run of like movies, Colonial Marines with the original cast, like the characters of Aliens before they got to the planet LV-426. And I can't help but thinking if I was James Cameron, that's exactly what I would do because that's his stamp he placed on it was those Marines. Yep. Yes. I would, be, car- I would be up for Characteristics that. of the Marines, wasn't it? Just, it's what got you sort of engrossed in the whole thing. Now, you see, that's the big difference, I think, between TV and movies is characterization. Well, that's because what I'm saying. Because a film tells a story within, like, what, two hours max? Three maximum. A TV push. show gets yeah. to do each episode based on each character, really, and tell you all about them. Now, that's quite fascinating what you're saying there for, for one reason in particular, because at the start of the show, we were talking about film briefly and Marvel. And now we're sort of mentioning about television and how television allows for more character depth, more characterization. The big thing about the recent Marvel films, especially the Avengers films in particular, they're all running three, three and a half, maybe four hours. Because they're trying to pack so uh, much in. Infinity Wars like three and a half hours, yeah. Yeah. 
And but they, so, even they still do the standoff movies to try and breach the cows in. That's it, exactly. And and it's it's amazing that those are the films that are because people One are one of the best finales ever. Whether the expectation is that they want more, they want more for their money. You know, they they had a simple idea before. They had a ninety-minute movie. You had a start, a middle, and an end. You had a protagonist. You had a fatal flaw. You yeah. know, you the hero's you know, journey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now it's almost like you want more for your money. So it and the same works for streaming. The same works for Netflix. You know, Netflix, of course, once upon a time used to be love film. Uh, before that, you could argue that the spiritual, only in the UK. Well, no, only in the UK. But the spiritual well, in America, system, Netflix was Netflix. It just wasn't on TV. Well. What, what I was going to say was that obviously the spiritual successors, let's say in the UK to love film, Blockbuster. So at one time, you would go to the video store and you rent your movie. Then it became, oh, well, hold on. I can go on the internet from my home and get it sent through my letterbox. And when I'm finished with it, I'll just put it you know, in the post box at the end of the street. Yep. Then it became, hold on, my internet is powerful enough that I can stream this at home. Then it became, well, if I'm streaming it at home, the kids want to watch something else in the other room. So why don't I set it up for two, three screens? And then it was, well, if I already have a games console, why don't you stick an app on the games console so I can have it on there as well? Mm. And it's it's mad. It's just, you know, people basically that ever sort of consider, well, like The Walking Dead, we're always consuming. You know, we are the walking, we literally are the walking dead because we're but, always consuming. Do you know what's really sad about the, the rise of the power of TV and, and more, more specifically streaming services, right? So if you look at your average TV show like MASH back in the 70s, 60s, yes. that show was worldwide phenomenon. Its finale was viewed by like 180 million people live on its last episode. Now, it is one of the best finales ever written, actually, yeah. And now if you look at a modern equivalent of a really huge show, let's look, let's look at Walking Dead, right? Walking Dead. Sure. Walking Dead is the biggest show on AMC for like 10 years now. And in its height, it probably managed about 20 million viewers because they only count off the Nielsen ratings on who's watching stuff live. But no one's watching stuff live now anymore. You're watching it on Netflix or you're watching it on box sets or you're watching it on wherever. And so the TV market is shrinking and the streaming capitals are taking over. Now, that was great when Netflix first did that because Netflix had fucking everything on it. I went on Netflix and it was just literally loaded to the brim with every movie and TV show I could ever hope for. And it was great. And then everyone went, whoa, Netflix has got a great idea here. There's money in that. Well, there's money in that. We should have some, which led to Amazon Prime, which led to Hulu, which led to fucking Crackle, which led to Peacock, Disney which Plus. led to HBO Max, which led to Disney Plus. And now all that same content that was on Netflix is spread over, you know, so many places. The idea of cost cutting was Netflix's whole game. Cut your cable connection and pay for one thing. Well, yes. now it's cut your cable connection and pay for 18 different things. Well, you may as well just have fucking cable again. Yeah. And this is what people don't get is that they're oversaturating the market to try and make more money. All they're going to do is sour people off and everyone's just going to stick with shit that's free like YouTube. Exactly. Well, I, my, my feeling is that it, it's not going to be long. And actually, I don't know whether you've know, I don't know whether any of you have noticed this, 
But I feel that since the pandemic in the UK began earlier this year in in March, since the, the start of the first lockdown, I am seeing more ads and more restrictions on YouTube than I've ever seen. Oh, YouTube is useless to watch now, man. A 10-minute show, you'll have six ads. Yeah. And so I I never remember seeing that before. Do you know why that is, though? I mean, obviously, profit, and they want to encourage you to take a subscription with YouTube Premium. Get rid of the adverts. Well, yeah, but but what happened (laughs) is this. I'll tell you the history of YouTube very briefly. YouTube became unbelievably popular to where millions of people are watching it. So they went, shit, we can monetize this. So what they did was they created YouTube Red. And YouTube Red was a premium service that would have exclusive content based on its most popular algorithms. So, for example, the dude, you know, Matt Pat from uh, Game Theory and Film Theory. Yes. yes. He had his own YouTube Red show for a season, which was like Matt Pat Explores or something. And, you know, PewDiePie would have his own show and this guy would have his own show, whoever's popular. So then they asked you to pay $9.99 a month to watch exclusives of the guys you were already watching for free. Shockingly, that was a huge fucking failure and no one wanted to do it. And so they've had to peel that back and get rid of red. And now they go, shit, how can we make the same money? Ah, let's over inundate them with advertising. That's works for apps like on your phone on Candy Crush. Why can't it work for uh, YouTube? And sure enough, that's what they're doing. And well, this is the thing, though, is that you will, I mean, I am inundated with an ad that says if I pay, I don't know, six, seven, eight quid, I can have, you know, a month to begin for free without ads, and then I can become a part of a subscription. And subscriptions, much like Amazon Prime, subscriptions in themselves are incredible marketing tools in the sense that you, you will sign up to that, and most people will forget about it. In the same yep. way as Netflix will just come out on the day you get paid, the direct debit will be taken, the standing order, whatever. But the idea is that you sign up to it, you forget about it, the money comes out, it's only a little bit. And yet if everyone's doing that, YouTube are making a fortune. Uh, Spotify yep. is another great example. Spotify <laughs> revolutionized. And now I read that in India, Spotify premium is going to start charging the equivalent of 34 cent a week for one of their services. Um, and it's just going to, it's going to change the landscape because then people in the UK are going to start asking, how do we get Spotify cheaper? Um, but yet we still want similar or same access. Um, the thing but, is, yeah, this yeah. is just an extension of the piracy argument. You know what I mean? Yes. It's giving yes. people the impression they're getting stuff that they have an element of ease. And it's like, you know, I used to torrent all the old TV shows I loved in America. No, you didn't. The FBI uh, listened. Listen all they fucking want. I fully believe in torrenting and I fully pirate everything I want to pirate because fuck everybody. That's the right of a human being mm-hmm. as a consumer. Um, I... I'm not associated with this. No, 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 this is my personal opinion. <laughs> I adhere to the Bill Frank? Clinton rules. No, I, I did adhere to the Bill Clinton rules, which was he made it legal in 1994 to download anything you want, music, movies, games, etc., as long as you only had it for 24 hours to test the waters before you decided exactly. you were going to buy it. Now, is there any right. problem can with me owning out, a TV no, show I, that I already own a box set of? Can I just point out, though, you followed the Bill Clinton rules in England... He was the president of the United States in 94. But the thing is, Danielle, 
That's like me saying, right, I'm going to drink Coca-Cola with cocaine in it because that's what they did in 19 Dickety 2. It must be okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. Apart from It's not, because apart from the fact that download is not going to make you want to go and kill somebody where cocaine probably will, especially when it's mixed with Coca-Cola. But it's not about the outcome. It's, it's about, about the, the fucking outcome, of course it is. Don't be stupid. But... No, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's not the same, same logic, logic because logic when applied. I used to download stuff, I had to, you've got to think, I suffer with uh, Five Miles Sight, so it takes me a lot to go to the cinema, yeah? So why wouldn't yeah. I want to download something to see if I like it to then to see if I want to go and put the effort into going to the cinema? I don't want to go and pay for something which I want to fucking hate and also hate sitting through. When I, I've seen me, I've, I've downloaded something, I've really enjoyed it, I thought, yes, this is going to be awesome on the cinema, I'm going. Where I've seen some it, but isn't that kind of thing contributing to the decline of cinemas, though? No. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, what it's contributing to is what it's contributing to is needing people to make better movies and better TV it's, shows. I'm well, still paying well, to go to see it, Danielle. But what it's saving is my mental. As we discussed earlier on the show, it's saving my mental health. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I get that. I'm just saying, like for example, if you see a trailer on TV for a movie. And you go, you know what? I might go see that. You would then pay for that ticket. But if you then download it and go, actually, I don't think I like this, then that's that ticket. Yeah, dropped. but trailers. So then think I about, know trailers are think made, about how many times that multiplies. Trailers are deliberately made to make the film look better than what they are. So that's a heap of shit. I know, that I know myself, where she's coming it. from. But I know, I know exactly where she's coming We've from. We've done it. <laughs> you know, but I've never made a trailer better than the movie. Fuck you. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you, what you make them so it entices people. Well, of course, that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. But what that's I'm saying is, yeah. I know that's what they do. So why am I still going to pay for something which I might still end up sitting through torturous of something I hate and hate sitting there? What they what they managed to do me with piracy is that they managed to and, and music is is an example i always come back to you have to get in your car go to the store buy the album you know cue pay the cashier come home take it out find the time sit down put it in the cd player and play it the other option is that you can go on to the internet that morning from your home and steal it. And well, so then you're you're stealing Metallica songs. Where I was going, if, if you would let us finish, where I was going to go was, to me, where the piracy is wrong is when people are making money from it. Oh, no, no, I, I don't. That's I don't, what's wrong. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't disagree with that. What I do think that the interesting thing about how they tackled piracy was effectively they found a way to monetize oh, piracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Music, things music like iTunes fish have destroyed piracy to an extent because music, it's so totally easy to just pay ninety cents to get a song. Why the fuck would you download it for free? Yeah, yes. but music's now, totally oh, different anyhow because you're not going to go and watch it, are you? You're not going to go and sit through a, a whole auditorium with like a hundred odd people jam packed strangers for two hours. Pandemic me getting angry at people talking whilst I'm trying to watch them, or you know, where if I'm enjoying it, I can maybe put that to one side. Where if I'm not enjoying it, I'm liable to go and get locked up because I'll kill somebody. The thing, the thing I would say to you, Wayne, is that um, because of the pandemic and the restrictions and all that, and even maybe before that, someone comes to you and says, "Pay six, seven, eight pound a month. You have a streaming service. We're going to put the latest." blockbuster films on this service the day they're released in the theater watch the films if you don't like them just turn it off watch something else 
and it avoids the idea of you ever having to go to the cinema again. But I like the cinema. That's what I'm saying. That's, uh, that's what I'm, I'm curious to know. Would you then stop going to the cinema? Or no, because I, for me, me, the bigger the screen, the better. Yes. That's my attitude. I love <laughs> film and I want to see it on the biggest thing possible. I want to get the best value for it. So I'm prepared to still go and be... I've, dude, I've even... When I was too young to go and see shit on the cinema when I was younger, I've actually went to see it when I was older, when they've re-released it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've done the same. So my argument is, if you really, really love something, you're still going to pay to go and see it. Doesn't, oh, matter you, doesn't matter whether you've downloaded it previously or not, or whether you've bought it previously or not. The I've thing is, this, this is this is sorry, go on. I've got DVDs, Blu-rays, and everything, and I still go to the cinema if they're released. One of my favorite films from years if ago. Cinema then to tie it in with this show. If cinema then decided that instead of showing motion pictures, you would watch the likes of Breaking Bad or The Big Bang Theory or Game of Thrones on the big screen, and some cinemas have done that for selective episodes. I wouldn't just do it for an episode because that's just a waste of money. Um, no, so so if 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 cinema basically if motion picture disappeared tomorrow, mm-hmm. and if TV became the new cinema, mm-hmm. um, and effectively you went to see maybe the first three or four episodes of Breaking Bad in one sitting and then the next four episodes in the next. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's where it's headed. I think eventually... Again, one of my favourite TV shows as a a young one was V. If that came on the cinema, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. The thing is, when it comes to... I'm just going to backtrack slightly. The reason I was talking about piracy was about TV shows coming out. Like, there was a massive gap originally... I remember watching The Shield uh, on Sling TV before it even on the thir- uh, fifth season before the first season had even aired in the UK because it was so slow to get picked up here and eventually got picked well, up on Channel I'm 5. I'm pleased you said that because it does my head in that. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> a lot less common now. And normally places like Netflix buy the rights to shows like that to stream them like day after. Which is fucking great And it prevents you From needing to bother Pirating that TV well, show Well there was nothing worse Than waiting for The next episode Of such and such And then you go on Facebook And everyone's placid Oh this happened Because they live in a mountain I live in the UK Why thanks yes. a lot For fucking spoiling it Whereas then now they, With shows like Disney Plus Especially at Netflix They can air everything Worldwide at the exactly. same time It's cut the need For piracy Now going yes. back Very quickly to piracy why? I mean, I know, I know, I sound a little like you took it personally there, Wayne. But piracy, I know where Danielle's coming from. Is basically saying if everyone had the attitude of only going to see the stuff that they already know is good, that will help kill the movie theaters because they'll have less ticket sales. But I would argue that piracy has proven to support movies because the biggest movies of all time are also the highest yeah, grossing of all time, exactly. or the highest pirated of all time. You can't tell me if it's the highest grossing movie of all time and the most pirated, that the piracy didn't help that somehow. Because otherwise it should be nowhere near as successful. I don't take anything personally. That's that's Daniel's, that's your view, Daniel. I I appreciate that and I know exactly where you're coming from. And to a degree, I agree. But where I was different was from the mental health attitude of what we spoke about early on. Oh no, I, to- I totally get that yeah. And that's why something like it's Netflix perfect. is so good is. For people who suffer from that kind of anxiety and, mm-hmm. and, you know, especially someone like yourself Who in crowded spaces does exactly. get anxious it's, it's, It is, it's a perfect, perfect it, way of doing it But 
I remember one of the best times me and Henry had gone to cinema was we went to see um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were, <laughs> yeah, we were sucked in by the trailer. We were like, oh, it's Tarantino, can be hit and miss, but let's go see it. And we had such fun once we came out of there, shit talking the movie all the way up home. <laughs> we did, we did. And it was one of the greatest times we ever had, like date night wise. But um, and you know, and, and, in piracy, I think if we had pirated that movie, we would have turned it yeah. off after ten minutes. We just made a comment rather than sat through and watched it and picked apart every single thing which they did wrong. It's just their comment. I get a that. Fair, another I've fair thing to mention. I've done that myself in the past, you know, when I wasn't as unwell. And I agree. I've sat through shit and I came out and shit candid afterwards as well. So I know exactly what you said about that. Yeah, the experience of going can still be worth it even if it's not a movie you enjoy. Mm. Now, yeah. the difference being this. I have, and me and Danielle both have, cinema passes at CineWorld that we can go see as many movies as we want and it only costs a monthly fee, which is great. Now, if I'd have paid... And that works out to about two movies a month. It's it's seventeen ninety nine. It's ten pounds a movie. Now, if we'd have paid full price, twenty pounds for the two of us to go see that movie, I'd be fucking so butthurt over the fact that I spent twenty bucks to be pissed at it. But because it was effectively included in the cost of going in general, mm-hmm. it was just a good experience to have that bad experience. And that's that's yeah. why things like Netflix and stuff are, are slowly killing piracy. Yeah, but because of that, no one knows about the rare shit, and that's what I want. Want to get into a little bit some of the classic I wish, TV shows? I wish somebody would release as an a platform like Netflix, but just for the stuff that doesn't get aired as much. Um, well, I, Amazon I, Prime have kind of tried to do that with its channels, like the um, the Full Moon channel and stuff. But there's not a lot doing it for TV shows, old TV. Well, shows. that's what I'm saying. Well, the only problem with Amazon doing it though is that you pay per episode on most. Oh of the no, things. they've got channels where you pay a subscription on top yeah, of your subscription. Yeah, for Full Moon, it will be an extra three quid a month. Yeah, like I. And that's oh, it's like how, the full moon, full moon catalog, basically. It's like how I'm paying for HBO on top of Hulu. Yeah, and I get the and I get the HBO content. That's what they're doing. Is it's yeah. like a, a separate mini streaming. And then you get a week's free service. trial to see if you like yeah. it. So you, but, you know, it's, it's a good thing. But what I'm saying is, I wish they would just like, you know, what they should do. You know, you know what they actually, what would be the perfect thing if they had like um, a questionnaire thing of what you would like to see. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was a kid growing up, I used to watch a lot of uh, Nickelodeon because yeah. I was a kid. And it, it's at like 8 p.m. at night, Nickelodeon would stop and it would become Nick at Night. And Nick at Night was all about TV shows from back in the day. So I I, le- I watched like, you know, Hogan's Heroes and fucking Dobie Gillis and, you know, um, him on the island and stuff. Gilligan's Island, things yeah. like that. All the old black and white shows and all the old Twilight Zones. And it was great. I love that kind of shit. And then we get to 2 a.m. and it'd be all old cartoons like My Dad the Car and stuff. And that was less good. Where's the streaming equivalent of the history of TV? Because you know what I can't get if I go on a streaming service right now? I can't get Quantum Leap. I can't get Sliders. I can't get fucking Duckman. I can't get Weird Science. I can't get The War Next Door. There's a, a whole slew of fantastic TV shows that have just been forgotten about. There is also partially a reason for that. Um, I had heard recently in regards to Sliders and Quantum Leap, um, especially Sliders, they have been asked a question. Uh, Jerry O'Connell was looking to do a reboot of Sliders. Yeah, I heard and that. Has he was going to be a professor on it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he basically, they cannot discover so far, according to the reports I've read, 
who actually owns the rights to sliders. Well, you see, I, I see a lot of this happening with these classic shows. I think you're right. I think they, they should be bringing them out. Oh, absolutely. Um, but they don't, they don't know effectively um, who is responsible, basically. Um, you know, either they don't know who owns the copyright or they're trying to avoid the wrong person getting paid for syndication and all this kind of stuff. Here's but what I don't understand oh, about. Go on, Danielle. Here's what I don't understand about Disney, though. They've got Disney Plus, yeah. They've basically bought eighty yes. percent of the fucking market share. Yeah. You go yeah. on to Disney Plus, you can watch That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire, Homeward Bound. Where the fuck is Home Improvement? Yeah, Good I, I was very upset. Just to say real quick, we watched Home Improvement because that's you know when you're talking about shows you go back to and watch to yes. help with your anxiety. I will watch Home Improvement all day long. Yeah. It yes. reminds me so much of coming home from school as a as an eight year old or nine year old and turning on ABC and watching Home Improvement every day. And it was on Hulu. And it's one of the reasons I got Hulu was to watch Home Improvement. And I was watching it through, and it says, "Oh." this show is coming to a close on this date. And the date was the date that Disney plus went live. And I thought, Oh, okay. They must've bought it. Cause they own the, they own the ABC owned, is owned by Disney. So that makes sense. And it has never fucking appeared again. Yeah. It's just disappeared. But I've noticed there's a few things Disney don't show. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. There's a few of them. I, 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 I got Disney when I first came out and I was actually quite disappointed. Yeah. When I it think, first came out, it was very lacking on old TV. Yeah. I think when it definitely there was, I mean, there was a lot of complaints. I, I take it you guys were aware that last year uh, Disney settled a $40 million lawsuit with Home Improvement in regards to backdated damages um, in respect of this. So that is part of the reason. Um, but you would assume if they settled that lawsuit that they might actually because there's a lot of people calling in the UK, even on social media. Uh, there's a lot of people calling this year to see home improvement on Disney+. Plus. It's a massive, massive draw, especially for, you know, yes. a kid like me who grew up with the show. And they've got all yep. the other classics like Boy Meets World, Smart Guy, um, which were things you would come home and watch from school. And I'm just longing for that home improvement fix. Has anywhere got Alf? Like nowhere has Alf. See, that's what I came on to. That's what I grew. There was Alf, and there was um, oh, I forgot the name of the other one. There was Alien. The dad was an alien. Out of this world. Oh out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out of this world, and Alf were the two I grew up sure, and I can't find them anywhere at all. But you see, now that's why I pirated Home Improvement because I can still watch it, even though I'm not allowed to watch it. Because until you make it available to me for all the money I pay you every single fucking month and you own the rights to it, it's your choice not to show it to me. It's not my, my right as a consumer to then watch it anyway. I'm going to watch it regardless. Fuck everybody. Um, but going all the way back to the original point of this episode about TV being special and not about piracy and streaming, because I think we're confusing streaming with TV suddenly because yep. it's obviously viewed through the box. I want to talk about some actual TV shows that have been missed in uncategorized you know what i mean like i was saying there about quantum leap and sliders yes. those are two fantastic shows that i grew up with that there's a whole generation now might not even know exists because unless someone's telling them about them yeah they're not going to yeah. find them on accident are they mm. well obviously i can go further back than that with stuff so yeah well yeah I, so, so could i if i wanted to i mean you know we could if you want to go back and go into the uh 
into the classics. No, but I'm saying so. I could go back to basics. <laughs> I grew up with them where you guys probably didn't. You might have seen them afterwards. But a lot of them, even though they were probably before my time, because over you can't remember when I grew up, we had four channels. Mm-hmm. And all we ever got was reruns and reruns and reruns. Where we never got to see half the stuff what you got to see in America, which I'm gutted about because I still don't know what they're like to this day. Um, but I'm talking things like the original Batman TV show, the you know, mm. the the Planet of the Apes TV show and stuff yep. like that is what we grew up with. Yeah, the um, like I said, the Planet of the Apes show you never see anywhere, which is brilliant show. I don't know if anybody's oh, ever really seen good, it, yeah. but it's a brilliant yes. show. It stays pretty much true to the the film. It's like you mentioned V a minute ago, how much you love V. Mm-hmm. I've never seen V streamed anywhere. It's on now. It's on sci-fi. Oh, it's on sci-fi. No, I'll you tell you, I'll, I'll, it's funny you say that because V... Wait, wait, one second, do you mean the channel sci-fi? Yeah. I'm talking only about streaming services, dude, not TV. Sorry, uh, go on. Well, I still cross out as streaming. Because I don't have TV. TV. I only got streaming services. I've That's never why seen I'm, any streaming. It's yeah. never been on Amazon. It's never been on Netflix. Never. Oh, but at least it's still getting played on, on syndication on sci-fi. That's nice. Yes, yeah, Sky played all the time. If it's not sci-fi, it's um there's a new channel called Movies for Men or something like that. Or Movies for Men. Oh <laughs> uh, there's some war movies or something. I don't know. It's 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 a channel what it was coming on before. But um but what I never see now is the new version of E. Like the remaster, that's uh, the, sorry, the reimagining. Yeah, that just seems to have disappeared out there. Into the air kind of thing. Mm. Well, you see, the biggest thing I find is a sucky thing about things like Quantum Leap and Sliders. You know, for a fact, probably one of the reasons that no one's doing them is they're thinking, should we just remake this? Yeah. I can totally see those shows getting fucking remasters and, and new versions with new actors instead of showing the originals and the classics. Because look how many times Tales from the Crypt, uh, not Tales from the Crypt, sorry, uh, fucking Twilight Zone has been redone. Jordan Peele's got a new season yes. out. Of, of Twilight Zone They're talking about Doing a new Outer Limits Well I'm sorry What was wrong With the old Fucking Outer Limits Both versions The Both 90s versions, and the 60s exactly, exactly I I like to see I like to see New shows And reimaginings Come along So long as They then have An appreciation For what went before So If we got A new Quantum Leap And I adore Quantum Leap I adore Sliders more the first three and a half seasons of Sliders as opposed to the full five. But I adore every oh, episode. You're not a Carrie Wirr fan, huh? I was not, no. <laughs> and when they when they killed the professor, part of me died to this day. So spoiler um, alert, I haven't seen that far. Well, you don't then do you know who do you know who the professor is? Have you been watching professor it? Professor Turo? Um, perhaps, perhaps that's to whom I refer. Perhaps you'll have to wait and see. No, I'm not going to fucking it watch is. it now. You spoil it. I'm in a huff. What part? Um, what what part have you been? Have you gotten up to? It was the. You only got up to the start of season two. Yeah. Ah ah. Well, you see, the the interesting thing about things like Sliders and Quantum Leap is I would like to see them brought back with an appreciation for the older series, like a continuation, so, not a remake. Yeah, as opposed to even if they wanted to remake certain elements of it, introducing the fact that this show has been before and encouraging people, you know, the studio, for example, like what they did with uh, like what CBS did with Star Trek, the original series, they paid major money to go back and digitally restore and improve the graphics and update 
Now, obviously, that leads to then different arguments of colorization and destroying past memories and bastardizing films like Star Wars. But the point is that you're still updating it for a new generation, but you're wanting to appreciate how it was originally presented. Yeah, but like, let's face it, a show like Sliders, uh, Quantum Leap wasn't so bad because it only really had a couple of effects here and there. But a show like Sliders relied heavily on visual effects and they just were not there in the day. They were not spending the money. The actual portal, it just looks like, it looks like PS1 graphics. You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. It could could do pretty fucking bad at times. It could do with an update. And if you saw Sliders come out in 4K with advanced sort of technology, but again, that costs a lot of money to go through an entire series and redo everything and give it the kind of CBS Star Trek treatment. But I would like to see it happen. I would I would really like to it see a revival. It wouldn't surprise me if you did. I mean, the amount of TV shows that are getting redone now is uncanny. Um, you know, your MacGyvers, your, your Huiwis and stuff like that, they've all been redone, so why can't... Sorry, what was that middle one? Huiwi, yes, that called Hawaii Five O. Huiwi, yeah. Have you what? ever seen um, what's it called? Huiwi. It's what? <laughs> You've... Hawaii Five O. I've just told you. Oh, Hawaii Five O. Right. Open your ears, boy. <laughs> you call it Huiwi? Yeah, because it's from the film uh, Hotel Transylvania. Huiwi. <laughs> so, what are they called, Magnum Pi? Uh, still called Magnum PI. Uh, not Pee Wee. Shame. Pee Wee's its own show. Oh my god! I don't know what just happened to life. <laughs> um, but no, I mean they've done loads. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't surprise me if if they did do stuff like that and brought going, them back. Going back to when Wade was talking earlier about movies that had become TV shows, mm. I'll tell you a movie that became a TV show that I think the TV show was at least five times better than the movie. Uh, but it just seems like it had its little moment in time where people watched it and then no one's ever heard of it. Like, cause it's been like 15, 20 years now, the dead zone. Oh, uh, God, yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought they took that concept and made a great TV show. Yes, it was. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, all grown up. Mm -hmm. And yet that seems to have disappeared. And that was a a huge show when it came out. That's what I'm saying. A lot of them do. Even like some of the newer, newer ones have just disappeared. Now, I want to talk about, I want to bring up people, classic shows that they made out of scene. And I know Danielle wanted to bring up a one show in particular because of the time it came out and the impact it had on the world. It was a very special show to her. Mm. Do you want to bring up that show, Danielle? What show that is? It, it was more, it was a moment in time where the world stopped and everything was focused on this one TV event, which was lost. Now, sorry, it's another one I couldn't stand, but that's just me personally. I remember I was on a caravan holiday and I bought, you know, a little teen beat magazine or whatever it was. And I remember I'm flicking through the magazine and there was a seven page spread all about this upcoming TV show. And I remember thinking, this has got to be some fucking good shit if they're willing to put a seven page spread in a magazine. And I remember going home and watching it. And the first season had me hooked and then the fucking ruined it. 
but it was just one of those. <laughs> it was an era-defining TV show for me, which was like the early two thousands. I think in many ways, Lost is one of the shows that started the trend of right. These are actually movies now. Yeah, because yeah, they did I'm put cool quite that. a budget into it. If you look at X Files, I love X Files, and X Files was a tremendous hit. And it was like, we're going to do our best to make movies every week, but it still didn't have the budget. Lost yeah. had the budget. Lost was the first Look one I can remember. With oh, the, the whole pilot with the fucking train crashing. That's full yeah, movie shit right that there. That is completely. Yeah. Now, there's a term. A lot of people don't know where the term comes from. It comes from the show Happy Days. And it's called Jumping the Shark, which <laughs> oh, is yeah. Happy Days went to shit when the Fonz jumped a shark on a set of jet skis. That's when the show became terrible. That's the idea. So every show normally, because shows run on for quite a while, has a jump the shark moment. So prevalent is this in, in media today. There's actually a jump the shark website that lets people vote on when shows jump the shark. And X-Files had an episode called Jump the Shark because they knew it was going to be so divisive, they killed off the lone gunman, which yeah. were loved characters. They actually yeah. called that episode Jump the Shark because they knew for a fact some of the audience was going to fucking bail. Now, Lost was a great show when it first came out. It really was. Mm. I thought it was excellent. It hooked me. It's like it hooked everybody else. I don't know how Wayne missed the, the hook party. He must have seen it too late. Um but then as they start to show the intricacies of their mystery more and more and more, it starts to fall apart. Yeah. And they start answering questions by creating more questions. Yep. And they very rarely gave answers. When they started giving answers, they were terrible. You could obviously tell when you look at it now, they had no fucking idea what they were they doing. They were writing that shit on the they fly. Com- they were completely yeah. writing it on the fly, had no idea what the end game was, had no idea what the season finale would be. Asking the actors what you, they thought. What do you think, guys? What should yeah, we do here? It's clearly, <laughs> what do you guys reckon today for the story? How about a polar bear? Well, why the fuck not? Do you want to know? Should we explain it? Nah. When Lost jumped the shark for me. This is what my question was, is when did the show jump the shark for you? It jumped the shark when they killed Saeed. Saeed Because so many characters Die along the way Right This is what happens In a TV show Especially on a fucking island With polar bears From Bear Village Or whatever And (laughs) They started to kill off All of the characters That I really liked And thought were strong And the last remaining character Was Saeed Who had the best backstory The best writing The best actor In the Oh he was A really good character Yeah Naveen Andrews A terrific actor And they let him die Like a bitch yeah, and I just that was a bad moment. Literally, and I just did not watch it until the last very episode came out, and I'm like, right, I'm going to watch this and see how it ends. And it was terrible. Oh, the ending of Lost is one of the terrible. worst endings to a show in history. Terrible. Now, that brings me to a big point that I know me and Madden talked about previously, which is. Um, I'm just going to bring it real quick. Now, obviously, movies and TV shows are very different in one sense. And the main way I find is that movies have to tell a succinct story, even if they've got bigger plans. Like if you plan the MCU, you still got to tell Iron Man as a one off just in case. You know, Infinity War has to have an ending, even though you know you're going to go to Endgame. Mm-hmm. Now, TV shows, they do that for every episode, but there's never a guarantee you're going to get the next movie, the next episode, because they're always on the bubble. So a lot of shows have created cliffhangers or loose threads that will never, ever, ever be answered. (laughs) Yeah. Like my name is Earl is a great example. My name is Earl ran for four seasons and it ends on a giant seasons. Yeah. Only four seasons. And it ends so much longer. 
did you because it was like 30 episodes a season so you got you got full syndication out of it but did you ever see the final episode wade i can't even remember if i did or not is that where you got hit again by the car summit no no that was in like season three. Oh, in fact shit was there five seasons or four seasons Season, I think it was season four seasons. one. Season three was in prison. Yeah, season one he does the list. Season two, he goes to get a job. Season three is the prison. Season half of season four is the coma. Yeah, he's in a coma for half of season four. That's and right. He wakes up from the coma. Well, at the end of the season, you know the crab man? Uh-huh. They reveal that he's actually uh, a secret agent. And that's why he had to go into witness protection. And he goes in this huge thing where they find out that um, his, their other baby they have, because they've got Earl Jr., which is Crabman's baby, uh, which is black, and then a white baby, which is meant to be, um, I, I don't remember who they said. Was that actually Earl's baby? It, they the find out it, it is actually yeah. Earl's baby. Yeah. It is Earl's baby, I'm sure it is. Yeah, well, at the very last minute of the last episode, they find out that it's actually Earl Jr. isn't even Crabman's baby. And they go, well, who's the father? And it ends on that cliffhanger. Uh, and now you'll never know the answer. And Danny Glover was in it as Crabman's dad. We do know what the supposed answer was supposed to be. Oh, do we? Yeah. The father was going to be Dave Chappelle. Oh, my God. The father was going to be. Was that what it yeah, was? The father was going to be Dave Chappelle. Dude, I would have fucking paid to see that. God damn it. Yeah. That's annoying as fuck. But yeah, a lot of shows they will discontinue before they get to their their chosen ends. Um, Rick Superstore, obviously, other shows managed to have it. Yeah, Superstore is not going to well, have it. I always remember one that. of my favorite TV shows did that, and it was caused such an uproar. They actually managed to do, I think it was like a three part um, episode just to finish it. Which show was this? Farscape. Yes. Yeah. It, I didn't know they did it anything for Farscape. Yeah, Farscape, Farscape, had, Farscape got cancelled and there was yes. that much uproar because it was left so open that they finally agreed to do it was either three or four part um, episode to, to tie it all together and finish it. Yes. Mm. I think it's called The Peacekeeper Wars, I think. It is indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000, it was... Um, it was uh, I mean, that series, though, that was that was about as loved as as like... Firefly and Serenity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they, they still talk about it that fondly. Fucking nerds. I'll tell you a show that had an ending, but I think it See was... See Farscape, Danielle? No, but I've heard about it. Watch it, oh, then. You might she would love it. No, no, you would love it, actually, Danielle. Actually? It'd be totally your kind of show. Oh, series, no, that you would no, actually... No, no, it is your kind of thing, actually, completely. I remember seeing it all the way back on... Uh, back when I did have TV, watching it on Sci-Fi Channel late at night. Um... And I thought it was fine. It wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but it was okay. Well, is it on any but streaming I did like services, it's... or do we have to torrent it? Probably oh, we, we have to torrent, torrent that one. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay, FBI yeah, I man, please don't come and get me. It's all well, me, guys. I'm the torrent. She doesn't know anything about it. She doesn't even know how a VPN works. Tell Netflix to put it on. I tell Amazon to put it on. Yeah. Well, it's a good question though. Why isn't there a recommendation form? On That's why I'm saying there should be, shouldn't there? There's a recommendation for Spotify. Why is there not a recommendation for Netflix? It's weird. No, there should be. Netflix, that, that are you listening? Yeah, we it just make a Netflix. lot of sense and people could write it. I mean, even if they don't have the license to, people could at least say, look, this is what we want. And it's like, well, if your customers are asking for it, surely you can do something to help their 
you know, help our wishes come true. Especially or at least if, say no. And so you know for a fact where you stand. Well, that's it, exactly. But then, of course, if you leave it in ambiguity and you don't say no, at least people don't go off in a huff and go, well, that's it, I'm cancelling my membership. So you're left in a constant suspense either way. But at least you feel as if you have some kind of control or power. And that's why I believe, you know, Netflix should do something like that. No, I agree. People, it never even occurred yeah. to me before, but I think that's a really good suggestion. They should have a Spacely suggestion box. I think they should. Yeah. Definitely. I've, I've, I've thought that really for a long good. time. Now, this has been quite an open episode. We've all just basically debated back and forth and had a chin wag. But what I want to know is, I want to set everyone the task. If you had to recommend, because one of the greatest things Can about TV shows versus movies. Go on. It's on Prime Video. Oh, my God. Wait, what is? Voskip. Is all it? right. Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. Fuck oh well, there you me. go, Danielle. We don't got a torn at all. Yay! It's on Prime Video, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. There you go. Is it every episode, though? Or is Season it only a one to four, apparently. Oh, nice. Wow. All right, then. Well, there we go, everyone. You just you had your weekend uh, fixed for you. So, <laughs> one of the great things about TV shows versus movies, the biggest thing, I think, is because they have that length of time, they can really build characters, build characterization. So it's more about the people than the events they go through a lot yep. of the time, unlike movies, which is the opposite, you know? Like you couldn't you couldn't make Die Hard into an interesting TV show unless it was all about what happens before he gets to the Nakatomi Tower. That um, would be amazing. Yeah, I bet you'd be all over it. You just watch a whole episode of him on the flight. Just no, no, just this, <laughs> this whole like this gritty New York cop and he's like busting crime and his wife doesn't understand him, but he's trying to put the bad guy behind bars and yet he can't keep his family together. And, and the season finale is him get, you know, getting off the plane and going fist with your toes. Huh? That's it, fist with your toes. That's <laughs> how you change your life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I want for everyone, I'm going to take, take orders for people, is pick one great comedy and one great drama that you'd recommend to people as the best you've ever seen. Because drama and comedy are the two strongest things I think we have on TV Because you get consistency with the comedy And you get drawn out with the drama um, Who wants to go first? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick I'm going to say Madden I want you to go first Best comedy you've ever seen TV show Best drama And why? Give a pitch to the audience Why they got to watch those if they haven't seen them Um <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, a couple of years ago, after the, uh, after the series had, er- had aired, and, you know, we'd mentioned BBC earlier, and we talked about the fact that they forgot how to make things, uh, which is true, but there's always exceptions that prove the rule. It's not so much an exception because it was made by an external production agency called Endemol in the uh, mid to late 2000s. Oh, sorry, I didn't say tell me the story of how the show came to be. I just said, what is the show and why is it so good? Well, that seems like needless backstory for this one. Sorry. Well, the show itself, the show itself is called Life on Mars. Okay. Um, And it's basically about a detective uh, working for the Metropolitan Police named Sam Tyler, and he gets hit by a car. And when he wakes up from that accident, he's lying in the middle of the road in 1973. And um, he doesn't know how he got there. And he doesn't know whether he's dead or he's in a coma or he is traveling through time. 
And he effectively, there's this class of clash of cultures between the 1970s and the 2000s. What I love about it is that there is so much love given to the set pieces and the characterization and drama and the intermingling of history. So we obviously, as an audience, live in the present, but at the same time, we're very much aware of like Sam's ill ease with the past. Um, but it's also kind of crazy to see how far things have come, you know, mm. within a 40, well, within a 30 odd, 35, 40 year time span. Um, and it had a huge impact on me at the time for one reason or another. And it was a TV series I, I remember very fondly to this day. Just out of curiosity, then, did you ever watch the sequel? I did. Um, I wasn't as fond of it. I liked some of the episodes that Ashes to Ashes did. Hmm. I was, I was, I did like where they were going with the last season. And I won't spoil it for anyone, but one of the main characters, he turned out to be um, an allegory for something. And I did like the way they took that. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think it was as strong a series at all because to me, John Sim was a phenomenal actor as Sam Tyler, and he unfortunately doesn't return. Um, also, the 70s seemed a bit more of a convincing, gritty sort of urban historical thing than the 80s. And because they moved it from Manchester in the 70s to London in the 80s. Um, but I did very much like the US version of the original Life on Mars with Jason O'Mara and Harvey Keitel played uh, Gene Hunt, played Philip Glenister's character. And I very much like the US series. Some of the episodes are just a repeat of the UK episodes, almost scene for scene. But because obviously the US, the UK version, seasons one and two, they only ever made 12 episodes of this show. Of course. But... The first season of the U.S. version of Life on Mars. 900 episodes. Yeah, there's about 19, 20 episodes. It was canceled very, you know, late into its first season run. But the episodes they did, which were not based directly on the U.K. episodes, were some of my favorite because of the originality. And I love the very different ending. The ending in the U.S. series gets a lot of criticism from people in the UK and they don't say it's as good, but I, I love the difference of the fact that we got to see the mind of the writer going somewhere else. The thing is though, in, the UK has that weird struggle where they just love themselves, even if it's shit. So I know a lot of people who tell me that the British Dirk Gently show that the BBC did is miles better than the American Dirk Gently show, which is insanity to me because the American one was like a really loony over the top, you know, sci-fi comedy extravaganza. Whereas the British one was just Sherlock. Yes. Yes. And nothing fucking happens in it. And the guy has got no personality, but Hey man, it's true British. So yeah. it's better. I don't yeah. think that flies. I'm just waiting for them to do an American doctor who and really do it better. And have everyone literally cry they, their pants off. They kind of tried with the Paul McGann movie because the Paul McGann movie from 96 is based in America. 
And it's a fair attempt of like Doctor Who in the modern age. And he wakes up, the, he gets shot basically at the start of the movie. The doctor gets shot dead in a, in a gang uh, mugging. He wakes up in the morgue in a hospital and regenerates and people are freaking out when they find him like alive in the morgue as you would. And as a film, it had a higher production value than anything Doctor Who had done to that date. But it still felt very much like a straight to VHS 1990s movie. I quite enjoyed that. Did you? Did you Mm -hmm. enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Matt, what was your favorite comedy of all time, TV comedy? Oh, um, I, I, I really liked the Big Bang Theory until they ruined it. But actually, for my favorite TV comedy, <laughs> when, when did they ruin it? Was it the first episode? <laughs> no, first, it was about ten seconds. <laughs> it was about three seasons in when they jumped shark and tried to make it like Friends. Basically, when they tried to introduce the larger cast and the more complex stories. Ah, right, 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 right. The first two seasons of that show, but no, my. If, if I can go actually a bit abstract with comedy, probably the classic seasons of The Simpsons. So, All right, yeah, yeah. so when Conan O'Brien was the producer, so basically seasons three, four, five, and six, seven, that kind of era. For me, some of the best comedy writing ever. There are British I don't shows, disagree at all. Yeah. There are British shows like Blackadder that I adore. I would watch Blackadder all day long. But at the same time, because there's so much more episodes of The Simpsons and I grew up watching it, I mean, it was always on the television the same time every evening after school. So it was just, and even now I'll turn on Disney Plus and there are 30, what, 32 seasons or something of The Simpsons. Yep. And I will never go outside of probably season 10 because I'm just like, I I really don't, like, I think I watched one or two episodes of the really new HD flat screen Simpsons. And I was like, I don't it's not like the same it. show at all. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's, it's been four different shows over its lifespan. And there is yeah. the classic era. And I agree. It's one of the most quotable shows in history. Yes. I must know fucking 5,000 quotes from those early seasons and everything that's going to happen. I mean, me and Danielle watched it, watched through seasons, I think, three to five again recently. And she eventually stopped because I just kept quoting everything before the subtitles came up. Fucking hate it when he does that. Because <laughs> it's, so, it's so ingrained into me what's going to happen next because there's such classics. And the thing is, he's, yeah, not, then, he's not even watching. He's like folding some fucking laundry. And then he'll go, <laughs> Chewy? <laughs> just out of fucking nowhere. I'm like, shut up. Uh, to be to be fair, to oh, you be want some fair, sugar? Daniel, Sorry, it's not in packets. You want some cream as well? Yeah, no. <laughs> to be uh, to be fair, Danielle, I get in trouble for that as well. Lindsay just say to me, you know, uh, why why do you watch this so much when you quote it like every five minutes? And I'm like, say that say that again. Come here, chow da. Say that say that again. What was that? You know? Chow <laughs> chow da. <laughs> say that again. You know, it's 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 yeah. Kearns, you idiot. No, it's Kearns. <laughs> Disregard. <laughs> me sick me need money good Ooh, he card read good oh it's such a fucking classic yeah i don't disagree with you at all man so danielle if you had to pick a favorite drama and a favorite comedy tv show to recommend to people what would they be and why a comedy's a hard one because i've got so many favorites 
But if it's purely for the sake of recommendation, I'm going to go with something that isn't well known in the UK, which is Kids in the Hall. Oh, nice pick. Because I remember we first got together, you know, 45 years ago. And you had, yeah. you had the box sets And you were like Have you ever seen this? And I'm like I don't even know What the fuck this is And we literally I don't even know If it came out here at all it, I don't think it did You know Because I, I feel like it might I not have never Because I remember Seeing Mr. Shaw On like Late night MTV Or something like that um, uh-huh. It was very sort of You know 1am Kind of time slot But I have never Flicking through the radio Times back in the day See Kids in the Hall On any of the channels Um but it's just, it's a comedy sketch show and every single scene I have laughed at. And that's pretty mm-hmm. rare for me because usually I'll watch like a comedy sketch show and I'll go, oh, this one's not so good, but the next one's funny. You know, it constantly kept me laughing and wanting for more and the cast is just superb. So I, th- I think yep. that's my top recommendation for anyone. That's a really good recommendation. Do you know, actually, on that note, they're talking about doing one more season of that now with them all older because they're talking about doing a revival the way that Mr. Show had done a revival with the uh, Bob and David. Yeah. Didn't one of them die? Though? I don't think it's going to happen. No, he didn't die, but Scott Thompson has cancer. Uh, but he hasn't died from it. But Bruce McCullough went on to a really good career. He's directed lots of big movies. Yeah. Uh, he's a director now. So what about drama? What's your favorite drama? <sighs> I'm just waiting to see if it's the same as mine. No, see, this is the thing. I'm trying to think of things that you wouldn't think of because I know what your comedy is no, called. No, you don't have to do that. Yeah, no. Um, I would say for, again, variety and going off the theme of having changing things with seasons and, and episodes, American Horror Story. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's only one, there's only been one season where I thought, eh, not for me. Which season was that? Uh, Ro- wait, 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 let me guess. Roanoke. Roanoke. Yeah, Roanoke. It I just, fucking love Roanoke. It just didn't hit the spot for me. It was so displaced that I found. For those who don't know, in. Roanoke is the meta season where they basically constantly tell you that it's a show you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't for That's that reason I that I didn't working. like it. It just. It felt displaced that didn't feel very American horror story-ish. Because like yeah. you were always left wanting and always left guessing. But this was just this happens over here and this happens over here. How were the two connected? You'll find out six episodes along the line with no hints or anything. And yeah, I, I like that kind of Rashomon kind of approach. And I'm pretty sure that was the first season that Jessica Lang didn't come back. I think Yeah, I think that probably was her first Because they started to basically have Kathy Bates take over from her Yeah, because the last season she was in was um, Coven Jessica Lange is amazing Yeah um, And then followed that was Roanoke So I don't think she was in that season Which is why Well, she, no, 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 you missed Freaks She was in Freaks with Michael Chiklis Freaks came before Coven Are you sure? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Freaks is season four and Coven season three No, Coven is season five Oh shit, what's season three then? It goes Haunted House. Haunted House. No, 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 you're wrong. Coven is three. Hotel is five. No, it isn't. I'm gonna Google it because I'm no, you, positive you, you, you're wrong. you Google this shit. You Google it right now. Right. American Horror Story. Uh let's have a look. Blah blah blah. 
uh, where's the seasons listed? Oh, this is Ash to Ashes. That's not even the right show. <laughs> <laughs> what episode did you see, Daniel? So it was Murder House, yeah. season one, Asylum, season two, yeah. Coven, season three, Freak Show, season four, Hotel, season five, Roanoke, season six, Cult, season seven, which is that's the one I think jumped the shark. Seven, uh, eight was Apocalypse, also jumped the shark. Uh, whoa, Apocalypse was a work of art. It was too silly. It was so silly. How was it silly? The fucking dude who's like Dracula running around and everyone's eating each other. What the fuck are you talking about? I just thought it was a silly shit. He's got like such sensitivities, you know? He's like, what if no one likes me just because I'm like a fucking murdering zombie Dracula type guy? You know the whole point of that kid, right? Yeah, he's the kid from Murder House. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah, what brings upon the end of the fucking world. And it's the coven who has to stop him from doing that, which is fucking awesome. Yes, it tied all the seasons together. That made sense. But I didn't think it was a very good season. But I thought Asylum was the best season anyway, followed by Freak Show. So I, I'm, I disagree with most people's opinions on it, I think. No one seemed to like Freak Show at all. I thought it was great. I liked Freak Show more than Hotel, but I still appreciated Hotel. I don't like Lady Gaga. I know you don't, but you had the perception really, going into the season that you weren't going to like it because you don't like her. So therefore, you well, didn't no. like it. Well, yes. No, because well, I, yes. I waited the whole season for her to be wearing the suit made of meat and she never wore it. And I was really upset Oh, by my that. fucking God. Right. <laughs> Wayne, man, what's your favorite comedy uh, in favorite drama, TV-wise? Ah. <sighs> Comedy. I'm not really a big comedy fan. If I oh, we can tell. <laughs> so please, it comes through. If uh, I had to choose, I think Bottom would be close to it. Just the same guy who says he doesn't like British stuff. No, no. Bottom. Let me finish. Let me finish. The okay, reason okay, why okay. I was going to say Bottom would be close. The only reason I like Bottom is because it's slapstick and it's the only thing I've ever seen what is very true on the TV to what you see live. All right, yeah, yeah, because they did stage shows, didn't yeah. they? And I thought yeah, when they right, did it right. live, they were phenomenal. Did they not do that with the young ones as well, though? No. Oh. No. Um, I think young ones relied too much on... Props, didn't they? Because yeah. they had like talking mold on the sandwiches and all yeah, those weird, exactly. absurdist things. Oh, it's been uh, that was yes. a good show, Young Ones. It's been yes since I've seen it. But for comedy, for me, I would probably edge towards something like Married with Children. Great show. That's a good pick. Yeah, great show. I grew up with that and I just loved it. I thought it was I thought Ed O'Neill was absolutely fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the whole cast was to be honest, but he was just like he was just brilliant. He was so dry and so you know, it was just his character. Oh, just, it was his role, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you? Um, can I just ask briefly, Wayne? Do you watch Modern Family with him in it? Yeah, I, I saw odd episodes. Yes, I think he's very he's good. good, in good but do you know what hurts? Yeah. Just how old, how old he, looks. he looks. Yeah. 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 Really yeah, hurts me every yeah. time I see him. Because uh, I also, because I always, I always go back to one of his best films, which is K Nine as well. Ah, oh, okay, yes. right, yeah. You know, to me, that was his character from Married with Children in a movie. 
was... or the ultimate epitome of his character from Married with Children in a show when he was in Tenth Kingdom as the Tenth, troll. Oh, yeah. Tenth Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, funnily enough, when you were going to come to the drama, that was going to be one of the mibbies in the dramas. Um, because I love the Tenth Kingdom. Tenth Kingdom was amazing, but it was a mini series. You can't really count it as a TV That's show. That's why I wouldn't have put it yeah. in favorite because it is a mini series. Um, yeah, technically. If you're going to be technical about it. So go on, man. What's your top drama? I know you're struggling on it, but you must have one. Yeah, drama is a hard one as well for me. Um, I'm probably going to cheat a little bit with my drama, but what does come close is, as I think you'll already expect, is Supernatural. I figured you'd yeah. say Supernatural. The, the only reason that's not my favourite is because after season five, it kind of went downhill. Mm. And you just ended up watching it because you've watched it. Um, and yes, like there a was whole, a, it did like 15 years though. It's 15 seasons. 15 seasons? Just finished. Yeah, wow. Just finished it. It's um, a long show, long run. And both, what's funny is both actors actually got an impala each. They're lucky bastards. Um, <laughs> well, one of them is now the new what Texas Ranger. There's a one for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that. Uh, Padaki or whatever. His yeah, name is. Jared, Jared Patak. Right? Yeah, Wait, Dean, Dean yeah. from Gilmore Girls is the new Walker Texas Ranger. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's right. I forgot yep. he was on Gilmore Girls. Yep, he's been our sort of him. Um, <laughs> obviously, V would have been up there, but that was also a mini series, so I can't really pick V. So for me, wait, was it a mini series when it had yeah. more than one? It originally, was two seasons. Originally, it was a mini series. Yeah, but it had that whole V fight back. Yeah, sequel, but the, so. the the second season I don't class as V because it was, even though I love it, it's dreadful. Um, <laughs> it is not being v, v, v the final battle. I love, I do love, but then the second season got a bit silly. Uh, it was more like fucking Dallas, but with aliens, <laughs> um, Dallas with aliens. Yeah, for me, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to go with Tales from the Crypt. Okay, and the reason I picked Tales from the Crypt is because every episode was different, and <laughs> um, it gave directors a chance to do something different actors a chance to do something different and I just it had thought, a consistently good value for yeah, money on the yeah. amount of actors and quality of effects exactly. storytelling yeah it was very very excellent show what's your favorite Tales from the Crypt episode ever if you had to pick oh, one f- fuck dude man you must have one favorite that's that's really just no tops I all the just rest. got one but well if I was going to choose one I'd cheat because I would Pick my favorite actor, but you keep saying cheating, but it's not really cheating. I wasn't it's like also, cheat. It's my favorite. Yeah, no actor, one really so was I, I, I don't know if it's me. Would it have been my favorite show if he wasn't in it? I don't know. It's a brilliant show, brilliant, yeah, brilliant episode. I um, gotta argue if you're talking about Michael Ironside, I don't think his episode was that good. Which one though? Because he's done two, <laughs> he did two episodes. Oh, I'm talking about the one where he's in Alaska, I think it the is. vampire one. Vampire, see, one. I love that one. I didn't think it was him. that good. I thought it was quite drawn out. Well, that's why I loved them too. Their characters were just brilliant, the way they bounce off each other. I loved it. But I'd be tempted to go with the one where he's got the nine lives. Oh, yes. Was he in that one? I no, that no, was, no, no, um... no, 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 no. I said... If I was, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if yeah. I would... oh the nine lives episode is... Um... Joe Pantiano. Joe Pantiano. And that is an amazing episode. You're right, yeah. Really, really good episode. Anyone who hasn't seen the original Tales from the Crypt seasons, um, they definitely were some fantastic episodes, and I think everyone should watch them. I'm just going to say very quickly, my favorite episode 
Because there's some really great ones uh, like the Santa Tim, episode. Are you going to say the Tim Curry one? No, because no. Tim Curry one is also fantastic. That's Tim Curry's too performance. Many, too, there's amazing. too many really fantastic The episode ones with Bill Paxton and yep. um, Brad, Brad Dereef. Brad Dereef, that's amazing. Uh, even down to Robert Zemeckis' episode, like Yellow is a fantastic drama story, mm-hmm. not just a horror story. And, and then, then you've got, got the, the Hobie Bogart episode, is just amazing. All these are great, but. My absolute favorite Tales from the Crypt episode is probably the simplest of every episode they ever made. And it was Kyle McLaughlin is a criminal yeah. running from a cop. Yeah. And he kills the cop, but he gets handcuffed to him and he's trying to get to the border. And the whole episode is him carrying this dead cop while all these crows are watching him, waiting for him to fail. That, I've seen that movie. Me, like fucking Wait, crows. That was, yeah, actually, it was great. That was actually released as part of a trilogy. On DVD way back when Tears of the Crypt really? released, yeah, it released it, Tears of the Crypt released a couple of trilogy episodes, and that was the first one. I can't, I think it was that one, the Christmas one with uh, Demi Miller. Oh, yeah, 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 and another one, but I can't remember what it is. So, I bet it was the Fridge episode, it wasn't a sequel to Weekend of Bernie's then. <laughs> no, not a sequel to Weekend of Bernie's. <laughs> no, the sequel to Weekend of Bernie's is the one where he had he, he loves the island jazz. Yeah. And every time he's got to he's got to move his booty every time he hears that that lovely steel drum. <laughs> uh, for me, um, my favorite comedy, as anyone probably already who knows me knows already, if I had to pick a favorite comedy to recommend, it'd be Arrested Development, because that show to me was just so multi layered, so fast paced, and I mean, I first started watching it like a mid season. And I thought this show is okay. It's nothing special. I don't know why everyone's raving about it. But then I watched it from the beginning. And oh, it's one of those shows you have to watch synchronistically yeah. because it has so many setups. Like in the first episode, they don't even pay off for a whole season. And this is the thing. But it's I've, so rapid. Personally, I've watched through the seasons maybe five or six times. And we watched it recently. And there was a joke on there where I went, Oh my god, that relates to such and such. And you're like, what you didn't get that the first six times? And I'm like, no. I'm still yeah, it's discovering. That well layered. Yeah, I'm still discovering those little layers and hints. Yeah, and I mean, for such an incredibly well-layered show, it's it's just exceptional. And I can't praise enough the cast and crew in it and how it's just iconic to me. Even the even the Netflix season, season four is a bit weird, season five. Starts slow, but it still comes to a really good conclusion by the end of season five. And I still thought it was worthwhile they did them. But season three was the ultimate. Season three with Charlize Theron Mr. is F. just, oh, my God. The single best comedy I've ever seen, honestly. Um, I recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's on Netflix. They, they partly own it now. Uh, but for drama, there's so many great dramas out there that I, I can't believe no one has mentioned on this episode, like Breaking Bad, and The Sopranos, and The Wire. Because and, I think they're the know, stereotypical Oz. good ones where I think everybody probably does know everybody about Everybody know, knows yeah, about them, yeah. I think. I think yeah. every yeah. other podcast out there will talk about them to great lengths. Because I would yeah, I, I can understand. If that, that was the case, I would have mentioned things like, I, I know you might hear, but I would have mentioned things like Lucifer and things like that. But it's, they're the kind of shows where everybody already knows about. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, which is why I'm I'm not like saying like, oh God, guys. I'm just saying it's surprising that no one at least mentioned one. I thought Matt would have mentioned Breaking Bad. I mean, I, I, he was I a was big fan when it came out. I was certainly thinking about Breaking Bad as an example of where TV series start to get a film quality. In I that respect, you did briefly mention it at the beginning, didn't you? Briefly. Yeah, I believe I believe so. I mean, I I 
it is something that I adore as a series, and it is it is a pivotal moment for me in terms of uh, when you talk about platinum age of television. First yeah. thing that mm-hmm. comes to mind when I think platinum quality and modern age would be Breaking Bad in terms of a very recent, original, phenomenal television show. Absolutely. Mm. Well, he- well, going to that note. Sorry, good, Danielle. Well, he has a TV series that was meant for greatness and jumped the shark pretty early, Sons of Anarchy. You know what? I know a lot of people disagree with you, but I'm 100% on the same page. In my opinion, Sons of Anarchy peaked at the end of its first season and within five episodes of the second season failed. For me, it was when they went to Ireland. What's that, three or four? Three, I believe. I think it's three. Yeah, and it it just, I stopped caring. And, I mean, and yeah, I it still had its moments to this by day, that point. I haven't but, finished ugh. the series. Like, I know what happens, um, but I just literally stopped caring. And funny enough, with Breaking Bad, because of the writer's strike, that show could have failed at the end of its first series and could have never been forgotten. But as a direct result of the writer's strike, effectively changed the entire makeup of the show. Yeah, well, um, as I'm sure you're aware, Matt, by the comment, they were going to kill Jesse yes. at the beginning, at the end of the uh, Battle with Tuco. Yes, that's and right. And they changed it to letting him live because of the time they had to sit and watch people say, oh, I like this Jesse character because they couldn't work on the show because of the writer's strike. Um, how different the show would have been if if Walter had no Jesse to counterplay with I don't know if it would have been the show that people love to this day. I mean, for me, it would be like Lennon not having McCartney. In that sense, they were a duo, in and and they had a, a they had a bond together on some level, at least in the chemistry they had with each other. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I'm looking at the IMDb's top-rated TV shows of all time. Breaking Bad is this is number four. Oh. Um, Number one and two are Planet Earth. Oh, fuck off, David Edinburgh. Come on. Um, and Band of Brothers is listed as number three. Now, Band of Brothers was very cinematic. It was an excellent yes. miniseries, but it wasn't a show. Come on. Where does, uh, where does Game of Thrones rate? Uh, Bot- 11. Bottom of the fucking heap. Yeah, 11 agree. until you count the last season. To be fair, to be <laughs> fair, I got very I got very bored of Game of Thrones. I adored the first season, but probably only because I like Sean Bean so much as an actor. And the end of that season and his departure from the show, shall we say, um, I never sort of got over that. Wait, but hang it, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold the phone. You watched a show with Sean Bean and didn't expect him to die? <laughs> oh, I kind of thought, you know, I, I kind of thought they'd maybe do something different because to be fair, the premise is he dies a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. The normal Hollywood scripture is that your main character, there's a way of him effectively almost getting away with it. That's the beautiful thing about Breaking Bad, because you do up until that. I mean, I, I still hoped until Vince Gilligan turned around and went, no, listen to me. Walt is dead. He didn't survive. Matt Pat is wrong. That theory yeah. that, you know, Walt is dead. I was convinced even after Breaking Bad, no, Walt survived. The emergency services would have rushed him to hospital. No, he did. 
Jesus Christ. Wow. There's so much screaming. Can you not hear that? No. From where? There's like a massive group of people outside screaming outside my house. Oh, oh now I hear I'm it. I'm going to scream. I hear it now, yeah. Yeah, I'll open the window and listen to this shit. I'm going to have a look outside. Exciting ending for the show, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you won't hear any of this, of course, and edited. It'll all be taken out, but you never know. You never know. West End and Newcastle, <laughs> ladies and gents. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So, going my back dramatic some, show. Sorry, quickly, go, go on, quickly going back to Sons of Anarchy. My problem okay. with that is it ripped off um, the last chapter. Yeah, I mean, that's arguable. I can see that. My problem is it was a it was just a fucking retelling of Hamlet. That was my problem with it. <laughs> that no, seriously. The the show, he said from day one, this is a retelling of Hamlet. Yeah, and then people were and surprised you know, by the ending and went, What? And, and then I'm you like, were surprised then everyone was really? surprised it follows the exact structure of Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Like even down to fucking the Oedipus complex and killing his mom and everything. And it's like, come on, dude. He fucking warned you in season one. No, mm-hmm. I will say though. Katie in that series was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, Katie Seagal, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Which she one's was. Katie? She is was. that the one? Is that um... that's his mom, Katie Seagal, yeah. who was obviously yeah. um, Ed O'Neill's my, wife. My children, I thought it was, yeah. yeah. Now, my favorite uh, drama of all time is, I think, the most consistently well written and well acted and well made show and it started the FX network off and funny enough funny enough is what Sons of Anarchy was based on which is The Shield and I don't like cop shows you know I'm not a fan of NYPD Blue or Hill Street Blues and all those fucking shits but The Shield won me over so much because It told stories very differently and very graphically, very grittily. And it built the characters up in such a way where before you realized that you were in love with some of them, you know what I mean? You couldn't help but feel like, God, I hope nothing bad happens to this dude (laughs) or God, I can't wait for this guy to get comeuppance or whatever. Yeah, right. And the show was great for the first four seasons. It was really great. Four seasons. Amazing. Some of the best TV ever made, but season five and season seven, are the two single greatest seasons of a show I've ever seen in my life. The best finale to any show ever, because like Sopranos, as much as everyone loves it, not everyone agrees. Great ending. Breaking Bad, no matter how much you love it, not everyone agrees. Great ending. Anyone who likes the shield agrees. This was the perfect ending. It was hurtful and emotional but true to the characters in a way that felt like, yeah, that makes that's what would happen in real life. That's the real life version. Not the Hollywood Walt has to pay for his crimes because he's a bad guy or Sopranos. Well, whatever happened couldn't be as as good as what your imagination could tell you. (laughs) You know what I mean? None of that shit. It wasn't left open to artistic interpretation. Unfortunately, television has ruined my ability to just like it's ruined my, my, not damn it. Sex drive. Never mind. Was that going to be a quote? Go on. Uh, no, that was that, was the, first that was the Simpsons quote. That was. Ah, uh, I thought you fucked it up. No, instead, no, I haven't. No, no, that, that's how they do it. Instead of going to the box one. factory, we'll be going to the box factory. <laughs> oh right, yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's one where I was late to the game. It happens. Um, but yeah, um, the Shield. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, absolutely. St- 
stunning show. I must have seen it at least 10 times now. Um, and it's on Hulu if you have it. It's perfect. Beyond that, a couple of quick recommendations I like to make for people who haven't seen them. Because I know there's there's people who get turned off shows and they might not appreciate what they what they can offer. I would say everyone should give Superstore a chance now that it's been canceled. It's got five good seasons. The six seasons probably not going to be that good because the last one. But the first five seasons are good fun. It's a home improvement esque show in the sense of it's a ensemble comedy sitcom. But it's just good to turn your brain off and enjoy it and and get it with the characters. I recommend everyone checks out Superstore. I recommend people check out if they haven't seen it. What was a great show up until the ending? House was a fantastically fun show to watch. I think everyone should watch that. And the first seven seasons of Dexter. Yeah, but not the last ones. No. Just the first, the first couple. You've missed a really good comedy in your recommendations. Oh, bring it on. Community. Yes, Community. Also an absolutely tremendous, tremendous, tremendous show. Six seasons of movies. Actually, I'm going to call this episode, funnily enough. So there you go. There's a reference. Um, which I don't know if you've seen Community, Wayne, or, or Madden. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen yeah. bits and pieces of it. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was another show that basically just loved making fun of the fact it was a show. And that was one of the fun things about it. The last thing I want to talk about before we go, because I know this episode's right on, is not only, I think, are we living in the platinum age of television, but I think we're living in the platinum age of adult animation. Mm. And I just want to very briefly talk about um, if you look at Samurai Jack, for example, from our Cartoon Network that ran back in like the early 2000s, that was a really good show, but kind of for kids. And they brought that back for one final season with blood and violence for adults that grew up with the show. And it blew my fucking mind. It took shit to the next level. Um, on top of that, you got things like Bojack Horseman, which is probably the most perfect representation of what it's like to live with depression and anxiety and loneliness I've ever seen. I watched that show. I must've cried 30, 40 times during it because it was so true to life. And, and Will Arnett's performance as Bojack is amazing as well. Um, I've never seen a show tackle those subjects with such fucking a plum. It's unbelievable. And then all the way down to the one that everyone agrees with, it's even in the top 10 of shows on IMDb, Rick and Morty. And Morty! Is taking fucking animation and parody and sci-fi to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. And I think that very few people have not heard those names now, Rick and Morty. Very few people on the planet. The fact that that show could make an offhand joke about Szechuan sauce from the 1990 release of Mulan, and it actually led to fucking National Szechuan Sauce Day, where millions of people crowded McDonald's to get fucking limited edition Szechuan sauces. That just goes to show that that show has taken over people's everyday lives in a way that I can't remember a movie doing for years now, except for possibly the MCU. And even then, did it take over anyone's lives, really? And the only final thing I want to say as well is bring back Daredevil because Daredevil was amazing. Charlie Cox was perfect as Daredevil. It's three amazing seasons on Netflix. Why the fuck this is not integrated into Disney Plus or into the MCU in a greater whole? I do not know, but it's disgusting. And you got to fix your shit, Kevin Feige. Fix your shit, bro. It's broken. Anything else you guys want to say before we go? I'm a pickle, oh. Rick. 
But why why are you a pickle? Um, I know we didn't talk about some of the things that everyone would love, like like Wade mentioned earlier. I think they're just so everyone already knows them. You know, if we talk about Mad Men or Breaking Bad or Sopranos or The Wire or something, we everyone else is talking about those. So, yeah, so exactly. fucking what? What let's bring you a little bit of something you haven't seen before, you know? That's why I didn't bring up Archer during, you know, animation. But is there anything in particular you think we missed that is a classic that we should have talked about? Um, you can always let us know at movie madness at deadrealfilms.com by email or go on our website at deadrealfilms.com forward slash movie madness or you can even leave us voice messages which I don't know why no one wants to fucking do <laughs> at anchor.fm forward slash movie dash madness forward slash message and you can actually leave us a voicemail and even, tell us what you're thinking even, even if you just want to call mail. us a fucking idiot just do it exactly like, you guys fucking suck by listening every week. Thanks, Bob. Oh, God, man. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> now you got the Yogi Bear. <laughs> oh, boo boo. Anyway, I've had fun talking about stuff, guys. I think I think I'm gonna watch Barry now, which is the best TV show of the last five years. If you've never seen it, Barry with uh, an actor. <laughs> Bill Hader is just <laughs> tremendous, and it is one of the best shows ever with Henry Winkler, and I love Henry Winkler. He's never jumped the shark on this show yet, so I'm going to go watch season two of that again while I wait for season three to come out in 2029 after the pandemic finishes. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, anyone want to say anything? Good night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Good night.